0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fan List podcast. As myself, Marcus Ali, uh, the uh, main presenter today, and I'm joined by Michael Gillett as always, my co-host. And we'll be talking you through the final ATP Tour circuit event in Sofia, and then looking ahead to the year-ending tournament, the ATP Tour Finals in London. It's an event we've been looking forward to for a very long time since the uh, since since the end of end of the French Open. You'd have to say our eyes have been Somewhat on this, given, even though there's been a busy schedule on the tour, but yeah, let's look forward to it. We've seen we've seen the draw come in in recent days, so the excitement is 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 really hyping up. How are you feeling about it, Michael?
1: Yeah, very much looking forward to the the O2 finals. It's a tournament I always look forward to every year. Shame there'll be no fans this year, of course, but uh, I feel like that's a reality we've we've all sort of got used to now. Um, and yeah, yeah, it should be good. Um, I, I really like indoor tennis. Really enjoyed watching the tournaments last week. Been watching a bit of Sofia this week, which I know we'll talk about. But um, and and I think with you know the last three years being um, Dimitrov, Zverev and Sitsapass, it really shows that that anyone I think can win this this O2 final. So it could be a really good chance. But people who are used to watching Wimbledon, it could be a really good chance for them to watch a tournament and and see someone someone new win.
0: Excellent. But to begin the pod, we're going to preview the tournament that's ongoing at the moment. That is the final in Sofia, the 250, and it's a big chance for 19-year-old Italian Yannick Sinner to earn his first ATP Tour title. Be a um, one of the younger players that we've seen do that in recent years. He's had a as, he's had a strong showing in the tournament so far, getting past Martin Futurvitz, um Hussler of, of Switzerland, Alex Dimonor, and Adrian Manarino and he comes up against Vasek Pospisil in the final. The Canadian player has been pretty impressive since lockdown, you'd have to say. Um, beat Milos Raonic at the US Open, has had some, some decent wins. He beat Felix Ozil a couple of weeks ago. Um, to get through this, uh, his, his path to the final has been probably more difficult than Sinners, you'd have to say. He got past Ilya Marchenko of Ukraine in the first round, but since then, it's been quite tough. Uh, he's, uh, he's played Jan Leonard-Struff, John Milman, who we saw winning in Kazakhstan last week, and Richard Gasquet, a former, former top tenner, to get to the final. That was a really interesting semi-final where we saw Gasquet win the first set on a tie-break and then not really have anything left and wasn't able to live with the, the 30-year-old in, in the last two sets as Pospisil won those 6-2, 6-love. So quite an interesting final match-up. Sinner goes in. Was quite a strong favourite, but in my opinion I I don't think you can write Pospisil off at all. Um I know you uh feel confident that the Italian could get it done pretty straightforwardly, but Pospisil is quite a powerful player. I could see him wrestling some games off off scenery. we will need to maintain a a decent performance level if he is if he is to get through this comfortably. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna go to you first to see what your thoughts are and um, how you see this one panning out. Yeah, you know, I, I am...
1: I, I think Sina will win, but I wouldn't say I'm massively confident. I think it could be a, a, a good match. Um, Pospisil has, has really got some form on uh, the indoor courts, uh, made the Montpellier final uh, earlier this year, uh, beating Shapovalov-Gasquet again, actually. Um and David Goffan in the semi before losing to Monfis in the uh, in the final. So, um, and that was his first ATP Tour final since uh, 2014. So, it's it's been a really really good year for Prosperil, uh, a bit of a comeback year. I'm I'm looking to that sort of ATP comeback award that they do. I don't know what the situation is with the award this year, but I'm wondering if. Um, sil could definitely be a contender for that because it has been a really good year for him. Um, but yeah, I think you would hope. I mean, I'm not gonna. He's only 19, so I wouldn't I wouldn't berate Senna too much if he loses this final. I know it's it's sort of a first one for him, and and it's it's a very different sort of environment to be in. But um, I think. I think Sinner should win this. And I think he might feel that it is an opportunity missed if he doesn't, because he he wasn't seeded coming into this tournament. But um, the, the the website that uh, we both do Tennis Predictor on, you can see uh, who picks who to win. And the most people did go for Sinner. He was the most picked player to win it. So I think there was a bit of expectation on him coming into this tournament. Um and I think it would just round off a really good year for him. If we, we carry on looking at these AGP awards, if they're doing the, the AGP Newcomer of the Year, then I think obviously that's going to have to go to Sinner. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a really good opportunity for him to win. I, I will go for, for Sinner to win in in straights or maybe three. I think possible still could really push him. Um. But yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a very good match. I certainly wouldn't write Pospisil off. I think on his day, I say on his day when he can really play and and turn up, I do think Pospisil is probably inside the world's top top 30, top 25. I do think he's a very good player. Um, but I think he's had, just had some issues with injury and that. But the, the indoor court will will definitely suit him.
0: Yeah, Pospisil's career high ranking is twenty-five. He achieved that six years ago. We've seen him kind of well, he's been been in the wilderness since, spent plenty of that time since twenty fourteen outside the top one hundred, even. So um, you know, it's good to see him back. You know, he's he's 30 now, so maybe he'd say he could have a, a couple of years still at his still at his physical peak before before we see some uh, some <laughs> some regression creep into his game. But I think I'm gonna kind of agree with you and go for Sinner in, in three sets I think Pospisil yeah definitely has the ability to push him um, but yeah Sinner definitely will be looking to finish the year strongly just as he did last year where he kind of came in under the radar into the next gen finals ended up winning the whole thing after uh, but he beat Alex Dimanor in the final this year that he's beaten along the way to the final in Sofia. and I, I remember looking at that tournament uh, Alex DeManor was was a strong favourite and was a player that had been competing in and around the top 30, top 25 for um, most of that year. And then Sinner just sort of crept in as a 80, 70 um, in, in the rankings and then ended up going on to win the tournament. So I guess it's a bit of a blessing in disguise for him that the next-gen finals is not taking place this year, that he might be able to go and claim his first ATP Tour title. And yeah, I think we're, we're agreed that we do see Sinner um, and taking that taking that in, in today's match and being the youngest player that we've seen win a tour titles definitely this year, but I'm feeling quite a few years before this anyway. Um so yeah, any any final words on the Alex scenario? it will be the last match we'll we'll see of him till 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 January.
1: Yeah, uh it, it will be a very good way to end the year if you can win it and I think um Watch out for him at the Australian Open. He's already shown at his young age that uh, he's got the ability on multiple surfaces. Um, obviously winning that next-gen finals that I believe is played indoor. Um, and obviously making the final of this indoor tournament. But we've also seen him beating Zverev at the, the French Open. So I think... And Zverev's a good clay court player. So I think um, Zverev's already shown that he's got variety. Is a no, I don't mean. I don't think that's right, actually. But um, yeah, no, he, he's got. Um, he has got form across all surfaces, and I think he shows he, he is a real danger. So um, my final words on Sinner: are Just watch out for him. I think he he is the one that I feel most confident about at the moment. When I think of all of these these young guns coming up, I, I, I really believe that Sinner could could uh, make a, a big statement in the sport.
0: Uh, just another little uh, wrinkle that I wanted to add to Sofia, and that's that we saw the two y- young Canadian players go out in, the, in their first match, the second round. We saw Félix Auger-Aliassime lose to Salvatore Caruso and Denis Shapovalov lose to Radu Albot. Very disappointing results, really. Those are two players outside the top 80 that managed to put them out. And obviously, these are two players that have been compared a lot in, in their development. Um, I think Shapovalov is a, is a year older and uh, has a slightly higher ranking than Felix, but they are two players that look really neck and neck in looking to make that proper breakthrough in, into the world's top 10 and uh, to be, well, consistently competing for for titles. Um, I just want, wanted to get your assessment on the year. Obviously, it's been a, a decreased calendar, so we haven't been able to uh, analyse them in, in, in as much depth as maybe we would have liked to. I know both of them... Like the grass courts, so we could have seen we could have seen some impressive displays at Wimbledon. Um, as we were just checking pre-pod, Shapovalov hasn't made a ATP Tour final this year, which is quite surprising considering. I know I've said that he's got a bit of an inflated ranking, but his ranking has rocketed uh, considerably this year, p- pushing up against the top ten, and doing that without reaching an ATP Tour final is quite surprising. Felix has got to three um he's lost all three now has a 0 to 6 record in ATP finals so that will clearly be on his mind i think we can ex- excuse him the losses this year they've all come on a hard court which is quite interesting because last year he also got to three finals but one was on uh, two were on clay and the other one was on a grass court but he you know he's, he's lost these finals to Gael Monfils Stefanos Tsitsipas and Sasha Zverev so Can't really attach too much blame on the young Canadian there. Um, For me, it's been a slightly disappointing one. I I did think, particularly with Felix, after the incredibly impressive start to his life in the top 100 he made last year, that we would see him win a title this year. He got to that final and lost to Sasha Verev recently in Cologne. Um, Still an exciting player, but I've seen one disappointing loss too many, I'd have to say. I mean both young players but Felix in particular is much uh much bigger physique than Shapovalov much more of a, of a power game so in this indoor indoor hard course I would have I would have liked to see him reach reach more finals you know the loss to Caruso I suppose it is the end of the year but it's a very poor defeat um so to start with initially Felix um I'm going to give a rate out of 10 I'll give him a seven purely for reaching those three finals and replicating what he did last year. I did think his ranking would be able to push a little bit higher and he might be able to get that title. But yeah, we have seen the spotlight go on to other young players, um, not, not just the, these main two Canadians now. Um, it would have been interesting to see them in the, in the next-gen finals. But yeah, I'm going to go for a seven for, for Felix. What about you? I'm afraid I've got to go lower, to be honest. Um, I think since
1: lockdown, it's been, uh, since, sorry, the, the suspension, I think it's, it's been really disappointing from Orjean Essim. Um, outside of that final we made in Cologne, he's got, um, second round exit at Cincinnati to Tennis Sandgren. Um, didn't do badly at the, the US Open, first round exit, Italian Open to Krujinovic. Bublik beat him in Germany, French Open a first-round exit to Nishioka, obviously made that final in Cologne. But then since then, um, well, the the next Cologne he lost to uh, Schwarzman. But since then, we've got first-round exits to Pospisil, Chilich, and now Caruso. I, I think it's really disappointing from Orgelia's scene because I think he was a player that we were both really, really excited about, especially sort of over, over sort of lockdown um, coming back to the sport. I was really excited to see where Ojeda seemed was in 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 his game and and to see where he went on to. And I think it has been really disappointing from him. Um, I know he's still young; he's still got a long time left. Um, so def- I'm certainly not writing him off anything, but um, I must say that. I think I was hoping for a bit more development at the back end of this year because there are some root matches there you really would have hoped to see him get through. I mean, Bublik, Sandgren and Caruso are all players that really stick out in my mind and he's lost he's, he's lost to all of them, uh, all in straight sets, I believe. So, yeah, not not brilliant, to be honest. Um, he is only 20, but I would say for this year, to rate team, Asimov, to, to, to rate his year
0: sorry
2: uh, I, I would probably go five and a half to
0: six That's a bit uh, not not pulling any punches there Morjie Ali I seem clearly want to see a lot more as, as we move into 2021 I have to say I, I, I'm feeling even less favourable about Denis Shapovalov despite his ranking which still puzzles me um, to not reach an ATP Tour Final when He's a player that you want to see pushing the top fifteen, top ten. He's really not good enough. Um, he's played a lot of 500, 250 tournaments, I think, or it feels like he has. And you know, being top seeded in Sofia and going out in first round to Radu Albot is poor. Um, he is obviously a year older than Felix as well, um, and he still does play um, that sort of game where you feel like. It could come off one week and then the next week it won't, which maybe explains his fortunes. He is very inconsistent, but yeah, he is a player that is very aggressive, um, goes for a lot of winners maybe in time and w- with some more experience, he'll learn to play the percentages and yeah, just play the right shots at the right time. I do feel like he he wants to get points over and done with sometimes when he's not in a position to. and Sometimes that can cost him. Um, yeah, it really didn't get started in the match against Radu Albot this week. And yeah, it's been a, a disappointing end to the season and one that for many players just hasn't really got going. And I think, yeah, that's the, that's the same with Shapovalov for me. I'll give him a six, maybe a generous again, just because of their age. But yeah, I, I, it's it's been disappointing, but it doesn't really um doesn't really change my mind that there's definitely a, a top ten
2: player in there that could come next year or in, in the next few years i think um certainly looking at
1: his results at sort of the end of the year i would i would say he's probably had a better time of it than felix to be fair quarter final at the u s open um going out to Carreño Busta. um I actually, I feel like I picked him to get to the French Open semi. That was a, yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah, not a good prediction on my part. He went out in the second round there. Um, But but did make the semi-final It's St. Petersburg. Um, but he is at the, coming off of four straight losses, uh, three first-round losses to uh, Gilles Simon, Rodinoff or Rodinonov or however you say it, and uh, Albot. So, yeah, I... Perhaps a disappointing end to the year. I'll probably give him the same rating as they gave Felix. I think they've had very similar ends to the year. But um, I do think that quarterfinal at the U.S. Open uh, gives Chopov a lot more to be happy about than Felix at the end of this year. I reckon, um, ranking-wise as well, he's 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 got a little bit more on him. So uh, I I would give Chopov a six to six and a half uh, this year, and uh, I, I think. Certainly keep looking out for him because yeah, only twenty one, which does surprise me. I feel like he's been around on the scene for a good few years now. I think he won Wimbledon, I guess. So maybe uh, the the junior Wimbledon. So um maybe I'm remembering that. He probably did that at seventeen. So um he has been around for a good few years now as a name and and perhaps feigning to sort of hit the heights that uh, we were hoping for him, but potentially you know, we, we do put those heights too high now for the young players, um, and and it is so much harder for them to break through uh, compared to maybe what it used to be. I I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I would rate Chapovalov's year and just slightly higher than Felix's.
0: Moving on to arguably the main event, and that is the ATP Tour Finals. Anyway, to start with Group One, and it's Novak Djokovic, Daniil Medvedev, Sasha Zverev, and Diego Schwartzman. And then in Group Two, you've got Rafael Nadal, Dominic Team, Stefanos Tsitsipas, and Andrei Rublev. For me, I think Group Two looks a little bit more interesting. I, I like the matchups in there. I think group one for me is a little bit more predictable. I I personally see Djokovic and Medvedev getting through that. Obviously they're tough matches, these are the best players in the world. But you know, I, I see Sportsman losing all three matches and I see Medvedev and Djokovic getting through to the semis in that group. Whereas you could definitely make a strong case for any player to top that group two. Um just to get my prediction out of the way I've gone for Dominic Team to top it and Andre Rublev to come second. The uh, Russian that sort of um, burst into the top ten after lockdown and has been very impressive. Um, so yeah, would have been very happy to secure his place at the O2 um, ATP Tour Finals, given that last year he found himself outside the top 100 at times. I think, um, and yes, yeah, after coming back from injury. So yeah, Andre Rublev to. Sneak in second place and then, yeah, sits past the reigning champion in third. And, yeah, somewhat controversially, I've gone for Rafael Nadal to come bottom of group two. I think the way Sasha Zverev dealt with him in um, the tournament last week, the Paris Masters, uh, just demonstrates how this is not Rafa's surface. I think I'm right in saying that he's never won the ATP Tour finals, so that shows that. You know, he doesn't have the pedigree on this surface or, or in London. So, yeah, Nadal isn't going to get out of the group for me. And yeah, just to hop back over to Group 1, I have Zverev third and Schwartzman last. I think it is going to be tough for Diego, like it was Matteo Berrettini last year at, at the finals. So, um, yeah, Schwarzman has an awesome year. Massive achievement for him to make make the, the top eight. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't see him... Causing too many upsets on this surface. So that's what I'm going with Djokovic, Medvedev, team, and Rublev. Um, yeah, group two, I'm slightly more excited for. I think Sitapass is always great to watch. You know, I like watching Rafa play even if it's not on clay. Um, and yeah, Dominic team, maybe my dark horse to win the title, winning, winning the group.
2: How have you got it to shape up? Well, before I make any predictions, I think we've got to just pay
1: tribute to how unpredictable this tournament is. So I'm I'm fully aware that our our, our, um, predictions could be way off because, you know, it is a really unpredictable tournament with Dimitrov, uh, Zverev and Tsitsipas being the last three winners. Um, Djokovic just needs one more win um, at the finals to equal Federer's record. I think that's six. I can't remember. Um, so I think that would that would mean Djokovic is on five. It might be four, and Federer is on five. I can't remember, but um, yeah, Djokovic hasn't won it for a good few years now. Um, I mean, he won all of his titles at the uh, O2 Finals back to back together. Uh, I think he really dominated the tournament, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and he he hasn't won it recently. So I think. I think he's definitely really going to go for it this year. I think especially after sort of the the trials and tribulations of the uh, the US Open obviously um got got disqualified for for um hitting the line judge with the ball um and and then that really one-sided final at the French Open against Nadal. I think um I think Djokovic is really going to be on it and he's going to see this this uh, these ATP Tour Finals, like you probably would have seen a Wimbledon, which obviously he's missed because it is the tournament left for him now to, to really have a go at. Um, so, yeah, I would say he's definitely getting through that group, surely, you would think. I, th- I would probably agree. Schwarzman has had a very good year, very good year, um, but potentially is a little bit out of his depth on an indoor court. Uh, with, with the likes of Djokovic, Sparrow and Medvedev. And then I, I would put Djokovic top the group and Medvedev to come second. Um, with that, no, no, I think actually when we talked about this the other day, I think I said that Medvedev will top the group. Um, it's hard to know, actually. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll i say Medvedev to, to top the group, actually. I, I really like him on an indoor court. And I think maybe in the group stage match, he'll get the better of Djokovic. Um Possibly, but yeah, I see this is the thing with the finals. I'm trying to make these predictions, like, I really don't know. Um, but I'll, I'll go Medvedev Djokovic as a 1 2 in that, as well third. And Schwarzman, sadly, without a set uh, in bottom, I'll, I stand to be proven wrong. Uh, this is where I'll probably go and win it. Um, group B is interesting, I agree. Um, any any of them could qualify and it is odd that you, you look at that group and you do think Nadal the world number two could maybe be the, the weak link in the group he's made the final of this tournament I think on three or four occasions and, and never won it uh, certainly not recently uh, has he made the final I don't think I'm sad to be corrected on that but uh, yeah I don't I don't think he's made it because Sitsbos beat teams where I've beat Djokovic and um, Dimitrov, I think, beat Goffin. So, um, yeah, tough one. Uh, But, yeah, I probably agree with you. Um, With Nadal coming bottom, Sisabas coming third, I would probably put Rublev to top the group and team in second. I think Rublev, he he has had an amazing year. I think it's five titles this year. If you're comparing the young guys coming up, that is something that people like Rublev and Medvedev have against the likes of Ali Sim, who we've just been talking about, you know, they've got titles to their name. Rublev, I think, has won five. Medvedev, I think, has won about four or five. Um, so yeah, I think I think that that really shows the the difference between those players and and the likes of the players like Ali Sim. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Rublev at number one and a uh, team at number two.
0: Yeah, I'm finding it <laughs> difficult not to just. Crack a grin while we're talking about this. This is elite lockdown entertainment. I really can't wait. Two o'clock tomorrow. It begins with Dominic Team versus Stefano Sits and rematch of last year's final. And um, yeah, what what a tournament uh, lies ahead of us. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, those are I our- certainly can say. I certainly can say I'll be watching a lot of this tournament.
1: It's all on BBC. I, well, it normally is. I'm assuming it's still on BBC. Is it not? No, Amazon Prime. Oh, was that last year? Yeah, damn. All right, we'll have to stream it. Sorry, but um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching a lot of this. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, Amazon Prime. So Michael's selections that you can uh, keep 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 in mind when watching is Medvedev to top Group One with Djokovic in second, and Rublev to top Group Two with Dominic Team in second. I've gone the exact same qualifiers, but just the other way around. Team to top and Djokovic to top. Um, so yeah, that finishes our little preview of the ATP Tour Finals. Massive event. Um, yeah, I just hope everyone enjoys it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to talk uh, to talk more maybe towards the end of the group stage or, or after the group stage is finished uh, to look into those big semi-final ties um, later on. Well, it'll be next week now anyway. But um, yeah, moving on to the final segment of this episode. And as always, it's Guest of Player. Michael, what are you saying?
2: Yeah,
1: I've done Guest to Player for Marcus this week. Um, I, I'm hoping uh, a good one. Uh, we'll see how Marcus spares. Uh, I'm just going to work out which orders to do the clues in, actually, because when I wrote them, I was thinking the order probably needs to be shuffled around a little bit. Okay, uh, the first clue, nice and vague. Um, well, it does narrow it down a little bit. I think it's a generous first clue, uh,
2: not just an age. Uh, I have four career titles. Right, four career titles. I reckon you're going to try and hit me with a
0: forgettable player. Four career titles. Um, Define forgettable player. Someone that hasn't reached a, a quarter final in the last year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's my amateur definition of what I mean. Uh, Gilles Simon. Interesting, guess.
1: I definitely see what you mean. <laughs> Maybe my forgettable player, with no disrespect to Gilles Simon. Uh, it is not Gilles Simon. Uh, clue number two.
2: In 2014, I won the ATP's Comeback Player of the Year. Right. Um, I have literally no idea about these awards
0: and historically who's won them. Um so you You'd were, probably you, hazard a guess at it, though, couldn't you? You were saying Vasek Pospisil was uh, in with a chance for that this year if they were doing it. Um, i just had a name in yeah, mind. Yeah, it,
1: essentially, it's just um, it's just the player who's made the best comeback of
2: the year. If, yeah. Let me try and cast my mind back a little bit then. Sadly, I don't think it's David now bounding. So, I'm going to go with... Yuri Vesely. Okay. I think Vesely could have been about 20
1: or 21 in 2014. So that would have been an interesting comeback. Um, no, it's not Vesely. Um, clue number three. I have failed in each of my three Grand Slam quarterfinal attempts. And recently went out in the first round of the French Open. So three Grand Slam quarterfinals uh, and, and recently a first round exit
2: at the French. Right, so they're still in that 128 player Grand Slam picture. Three quarterfinals, it's not loads if they're an older player. You could
0: see players that, with a top ranking of maybe outside the top twenty-five, thirty,
2: that might have got to three Grand Slam quarter-finals. Um, Philip Kohlschreiber. I like your thinking. It's
1: not. It's not. But I very much like your thinking there, and uh, I see. I love this next clue. Um, my career high is seventh in the world. And I've been ranked inside the top 30
2: since October 2014. (laughs) Yeah, that is good. Very good. That's over six years. Okay. Right. Should be able to break this down. I'd like to think I know the top 30 quite well. Um, that's an impressive ranking we've only only reaching three quarterfinals okay I think 2014 comeback player it's throwing me a little bit right I'm going to struggle to make a case for Better case than what's in my head. I'm going to go for David Goffin. Um,
1: sorry about that. Uh, yes, correct. And that 2014 Comeback Player of the Year really throws you off, as you say. I That's why I included it. Because he's only 29. So in 2014, he would have been about 23, 24, depending on when his birthday is. Um. Yeah, so I wasn't aware of this, but maybe Goffin was a really promising young player who kind of burst onto the scene a bit, then maybe got a few injuries. Yeah, I don't know, but there's some remarkable stats in there. He's only made three Grand Slam quarterfinals, and uh, he's only won four titles. I mean, that's not bad by any stretch, but... Four titles, but he's been inside the top thirty for over six years. I think it's fair to say. I, I know you gave Gilles Simon and Kohlschreiber as uh, guesses there, but I think it's fair to say Goffin is the uh, Mister Consistent of the tour. But uh, certainly not of recent. I think mean, he's had some quite poor results since lockdown and that, that those new ranking rules um, benefiting him perhaps. But uh, yeah, that's guess the player. My fifth clue was going to be I made the final at the ATP World Tour Finals, which also feels like I don't want to sound harsh, strand but it does feel like a massive overachievement. You know, considering you've never even been past a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam, and you you somehow made the final at the ATP World Tours, and and that maybe shows that um, our predictions. Could be completely wrong, and maybe Diego Schwartzman is going to win
0: at the O2 this week. Who knows? I think that just demonstrates that you don't need to have an incredible physique and a, a massive serve, or be an absolute clay master to break into the top ten. You know, a player with the style and ceiling of David Goffin to have that, to look back on his career and say he reached number seven in the world is a pretty incredible achievement, really. Um, yeah. It, it must be frustrating for him, though. Like, Surely if you'd have a
1: Goffin, you must be a little bit frustrated that you've been in that top 30 for over six years and you've never been past a quarter final of a Grand Slam. I don't know. He, he's only made three. I feel like Goffin should have made more. He's, he was in that top 10 for a good little while, I think. But, yeah, I don't know. I think... It's probably, unfortunately. I know he's only 29, but I do feel with the players coming up now, I feel there's, there is a lot of quality coming through the rankings now, and I do wonder if maybe Goffin isn't going to hit those heights that he has
0: hit. Uh, possibly not. Um, yeah, 29, yeah. Towards towards the end of your peak, maybe. Maybe about halfway through. But yeah, I, I think I've said before, I think he's a player who relies a bit more on being consistent and to beat a better player, them not having the best day. You know, he profits off the uh, inconsistencies of, uh, of other players. Um, you know, for example, a lower ranked player than him in, I'm not sure what ranking he is now, maybe sort of 14, 15, but a lower ranked player like Karen Hatchinov is lower in the rankings than David Goffan. If they played tomorrow and both brought their A game, you'd say Karen Hatchinov would win comfortably. However, you know there's, there's definitely not usually the case with with players like Hatchoff um so yeah maybe that's a little a little uh little insight into how well definitely how I think Goffin has managed to sustain such consistency and achieve a ranking like that um without having the biggest weapons in his game, but you know <laughs> fair play kudos to the to the Belgian and um yeah i, th- I think I think he could get another couple of career titles, maybe on the 250 circuit rather than the 500. But um, yeah, no, he's been a good player to watch over the years. And that will conclude this episode of the Tennis Fan List podcast. As you can tell, we're uh, pretty buzzing about the ATP Tour finals beginning tomorrow. Um, Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, give you the final word, Michael. As I can tell, you're feeling really excited for the event. My
1: final words are I am going to pester uh, my brother-in-law for his Amazon Prime
2: login. Yeah, they're my final words. Enjoy.